0: Good morning, church. You guys sound awesome. You know, we, when we meet in our individual regions, we sound great. But when we come together, we sound awesome. While well, I want to extend a happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the room, uh, we're going to start our amen. Yeah. I got a big, juicy Ribeye steak waiting for me when I get home. So we're going to get right to the message. I'm going to make a beeline for the door. I'll see you at Midweek Harlem. Everybody else, we'll catch up later. Let's go to God with the word of prayer. Our gracious and awesome God and Father, we thank you so much, so, so much, uh, for you being the example for us dads of what a father should be. Uh, Lord, you are so gracious, you're so forgiving, you're so loving. And God, we just hope and pray that we can be uh, a fraction of, of what you are to us, to our children. And Father, I do pray that we can also love our spouses and respect our, our children's mothers, God, that we, in, in such a way that uh, they will be drawn to you and they will appreciate uh, having us in their lives because we so want to be like you. Uh, to our children. God, I pray that you'll bless this time in the Word and that you'll bless the remainder of our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Alright, I don't know what's going on behind me, but uh good morning and happy Father's Day. You know, in, in Harlem we've been doing a series called Soul Food. And so in keeping with this series, I want to look at the soul of a dad this morning. The soul of a dad. We're going to look at one of the most popular passages in the Bible because it's a passage that I believe that really reveals the soul of the perfect father because it focuses on the perfect father now let me just let all the dads off the hook you're not the perfect dad you're gonna mess up you're gonna make mistakes amen praise God right but we can't be the perfect dads for our children And I'll talk about that just a bit here. John 3.16, for God so loves the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you're a father, this verse will give you an idea of what it means to be a good dad. It reveals three qualities of God, the perfect dad, that I believe we can learn from and help us get closer to our goal of becoming the perfect dad for our kids. Amen? So the first thing is, a father loves his children. A father loves his children. it says, for God so loved the world. Now here's a fascinating fact. The moment your children are born, you love them. In fact, you love them even when they're in the womb. I used to talk to my children through my wife's belly button. You guys ever do that? I remember reading to my daughter at night, speaking to my wife's belly. I'm glad no one was there recording that for Facebook. But I would read to my daughter through my wife's belly, and I would talk to my son. Maybe that's why he talks so much uh, today. But we would have little conversations. I wanted him to hear my voice. And you, would, you can't imagine the joy I felt when my first son's first, my son's first words was "dad, dad." I mean, it was I was anticipating my daughter's first words were not "dad, dad," but Amen. I still love her. But when my son was born, you know, every dad wants to have a son, every dad wants to have a girl. I mean, we love our children, and they hadn't done anything to earn that love. And the reason is you love them because they're yours. And you'll continue to love them no matter what. Your children will disappoint you. They will anger you at times. You may want to disown them and put them back from whence they came, but you can't. And you'll love them anyway. They overwhelm us with questions we're too prideful to admit we have no answers for. And don't forget the whining, the grocery store trips, or the forbidden trips to the toy store. And as much as you try to prepare their little hearts, we're not going there for you, we're going there for your cousin. It's still an adventure, am I right? All that being said, I've never met a father who said, I don't love my children. Even mean fathers love their children. But here's the problem we don't always express it. And I think, if we're honest, some dads don't even know how to express their love for their children. You know, it was a fear of mine uh, becoming a dad. I didn't really know because I didn't have that example growing up. My dad and I did not have a relationship. And so I had to imitate other dads. I didn't know. What should I do when I take them to the park? Should I let them run around like I did aimlessly? I mean, what do I do? And so it's humbling, but it's honest. And I think sometimes if dads are honest with themselves, we don't really know how to connect with our kids on an emotional level. And so what we do is we avoid it altogether. I think sometimes it's a God thing that keeps guys from saying I love you. One of my cousins, he asked me a question when he was visiting from South Carolina, he said, he asked me the question, he said, do you kiss your son? You know, our sons are about the same age, I think his son may be about a year older. And I said, yeah, every day. I kiss him every day. And he said that his dad told him, my uncle told him, he needs to stop kissing and hugging his son. It's going to make him soft. And I thought, wow, that's, that's some really odd advice because, You know, I can't stop hugging and kissing my son. And my cousin then opened up about not feeling close to his dad, not having that that connection with his father. And then we dug a little deeper and realized that his dad did not have a connection with his dad. And, you know, we learned in the parenting series some years ago that dysfunction is the gift that keeps on giving. And we see how dysfunction can get passed down from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. You know, we have to be the type of dads where it says, it stops right here. I'm going to show my sons especially all the love, all the affection that they need so that they'll know how to be loving and affectionate to their sons. I had to learn. I had to be okay with my son cuddling up, up with me and sitting on my lap. And we go to the movies together. He has his own seat, but yet he wants to sit in daddy's lap. I'm thinking, these seats recline, son. Check this out. He's like, no, I want to sit in your lap. Your lap is better. And what do I do? I put him in my lap. Because that's what dads do. Have you ever noticed Some brothers will say about their wives, and some men will say about, oh, she knows I love her. I don't tell her much, but she knows. I married her. I put a ring on it. I work. She knows. And we tend to do the same things with our children. It's like we assume that children know we love them because we let them hang around the house and eat up all our food and stuff. (laughs) Or we might express our love as a reward for certain types of behavior. If they start acting up, we start to wonder whose kid they really is. Those ain't my kids. I think those genes came from your mama. But we might, we might also express our love in something like this. Honey, if you're good, I'll take you to McDonald's, and I'll get you a nice, crisp salad. Because we try to be healthy, right? And so when our kids grow up, we 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 bribe them, we try to, you know, we we try to to show our love in, in different ways. And honestly, if they don't hear it, they don't know it. Kids are very, very simple. They spell love T I M E. The more time they don't care what you got going on, they don't care you had to work. Four extra hours. They don't care what kind of trip you had on the train on the way in. They don't care what happened on the bus. They don't care what's going on in politics. All they care is that you sit down with them and watch Gumball for five hours and listen to them talk about Pokemon and and names that you can't pronounce. And as soon as it goes in your ear, you're just sitting there like, Jesus, please come quickly. People can't read feelings they can only read your actions they can't hear what you're thinking they can only hear what you say and that's what's important for a father to express his love for his children by what he says and by what he does you know our Heavenly Father expresses his love to us time and time and time again even in the Garden of Eden When Adam and Eve sinned against God and disobeyed him outright, God still took care of them. He disciplined them, but then he came right back and showed them love and grace. That's how a father shows his love to his children. He covered their nakedness. He made sure that they still uh, still had a thriving life. He did not take away his vision or lose sight of what they could become because of their mistake. He still loved them. And throughout Scripture, God affirms his love for us. We know he loves us because he tells us he loves us. I love the Scripture in Isaiah 43, verse 4. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. God tells us he loves us. He shows us, but he also tells us that he loves us. His ultimate act of love is obviously sending his son Jesus to die for us. Maybe your father didn't know how to express his love for you. You know, I learned when I got, as I got older, I had to let my dad off the hook because he didn't have a relationship with his dad. And therefore, I was taking out my anger on him, but he didn't have an example to follow. And I had to learn, I had to let him off the hook and give him a little grace. Because he didn't know how to express love. He didn't know how to, how to express and show affection. His thing was, he would sit down, we'd watch movies, he'd fix, he would buy his gifts. And I'm thinking, Dad, I want to learn how to fish. Show me how to work on my jump shot. Can we go to the track? Can we go to the gym? And where my dad failed in certain areas, he made up for in others. He was a hard worker. He was a great example. He was never late. And those are examples that I could take away. And I think sometimes the hurt from our past blinds us to what we have now and keeps us from seeing what we can become in the future. Don't make the mistakes of transferring your earthly father's weaknesses to God. God loves us unconditionally. He does, and he backs up his words with actions. You know, regardless of the relationship you have with your earthly father, which I know some of us don't, may not have. You can have a personal heart to heart relationship with your Heavenly Father. God loves unconditionally, and I am amazed all the time. There's sometimes God will bless me right after I've blown it big with my own family. And God will turn around and bless me because He knows that my heart is there for my family. He knows that I love my children, and I'm trying to be the best dad that I can be. And so by him showing me that example, I can then be that for my children. When they make a mistake, I can overlook it. I can teach them through it, and I can love them in despite of it. God loves us unconditionally. That's what a father does. He loves his children. And I want to encourage the dads, don't forget to tell your children that you love them. It won't make them soft. It will make them grateful. It will connect them. If your children, I kissed my dad up until my 20s. I would give him a kiss on the cheek whenever I left the house. I wanted to show him that I loved him and I appreciated him. Don't shy away from showing your children the love that they deserve. Amen? Secondly, a father gives to his children. It says that God so loved the world that he gave. You know, there is a very touching scene in the movie Cinderella Man where Russell Crowe's character Jim Braddock, who was a former boxer during the Great Depression, he went from riches to rags. And there's a scene, a touching scene in the mo- in the movie where he's having breakfast with his young daughter and his wife, and it really exemplifies what a giving father looks like. Mama, I want some more. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I need to save some for the boys. Here you go. You know, May, I dreamed last night that I was having dinner at the Ritz with Mickey Rooney and George Raft. Really? Yeah. I dreamed I had a steak. A thick, oh. juicy steak. Mm-hmm. Like this, Rosa. Wow. And then I had a mountain of mashed potatoes. And I went back for ice cream three times. Oh! I'm, I'm stuffed. I'm absolutely full. I cannot eat another thing. Wanna give me a hand? Jim. Yeah. Jimmy. Isn't that awesome? You know, most of us don't realize the depth of our parents' sacrifices for us until we become parents ourselves. The sleepless nights, the skipped vacations, going without new clothes or new shoes or taking on an extra job are all losses that may not register in our brains until we ourselves are called upon to do the same thing. You know, I, I could tell you right now, I didn't appreciate half the things my parents did until I became a parent myself. Then I realized, it's almost like God hits the replay button, the playback. Remember this? Remember when you were complaining about this? And you go back to a time when, when was the last time I saw Dad buy a new shirt? Remember the time you complained about this? And you go right back to time. When was the last time I saw Dad buy a new pair of shoes? And then you think about all the times and all the sacrifices they made for you just so that you could live a worry-free life. You know, we're called upon to be the same way. I love how he gave up his breakfast. I thought that was challenging right then and of itself. Like, how many of us dads would have done that? I think we would have pulled out the scripture and be like, do unto others as you have them do unto yourself. Or we would have pulled out, it is better to give than to receive. So let dad have this. I mean, we would have spiritualized the whole situation. But he gave up his breakfast for his daughter, and that was a small sacrifice, which was indicative of his overall lifestyle. You know, I think more important was his, his sacrifice was his generous soul. Rather than lecturing his daughter on how hard, it, how hard life was for everyone, or her need to be grateful for what she had. He took the focus off himself, off his hunger, by telling her of a dream that he had about being satisfied. He not only sacrificed for her, but he made it okay for her to accept the gift. And being a father, it requires sacrifice on our part. There are some things that in life we're just going to have to do without for the sake of our kids. You may not get that boat as if you could park a boat in Manhattan. You may not get that dream car. My wife and I talk about this all the time. You know, we'll get it when the kids are out of the house. That's our thing. When they move out, then we can get new furniture. When they, because, you know, you, you sacrifice. You buy cars that can get easily torn up because, you know, your kids will leave everything and eat everything in your car. So you can't get your dream house when you have small kids your dream car when you have small kids, there's a sacrifice you make. And when they graduate, then you go get your, 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 your drop top or your, you know, whatever it is your dream car is because you make these sacrifices for your children. You know, as a father, we, we, we have to make sacrifices. Sometimes that means saying no to ourselves until we're in a position to say, say yes. And even then, we're still giving. You know, as parents, you never stop giving to your children. Zalika's parents are still giving to us, and we're grown adults with our own kids, but they're still parents. They're still parents. You know, that's the part of the job description that we were given at the hospital when they handed out the responsibilities of being a parent. You guys got one of those? No? Okay. Your children may never fully understand and forget about having those conversations of, well, when I was your age, it doesn't work. I tried it. I even tried it. You know the kids in Africa don't have, that doesn't work either. (laughs) Your children will never fully understand how much sacrifice you make for them until they become parents themselves. You know, personally, I think that's the way it should be. The last thing your children need to hear is, if it weren't for you, I would dot, dot, dot. In Matthew chapter 6, listen to what Jesus says. In Matthew 6, Verse one, it says, Be careful to not do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, and to be honored by men, I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Our kids will always be in need. They're always going to be needy. And we shouldn't blast with trumpets or what we've done for them and the sacrifices we've made for them. That's not what they need to hear. A giving father will not hold this over their heads. Fathers give to their children, they give time, and they give a whole lot of money. You know, I believe we have some great examples of this in our church. When I think about the dads in our church, it really encourages me. Sometimes I look on Facebook and I see all the things that Mark Thompson does with his boys. And I think about all the, you know, when we were single together, Mark was always a crazy guy. And he always enjoyed life. And I'm thinking God gave him two boys. That had to have been his prayer all, that had to be all, I'm pretty sure Leslie wanted at least one of those to be a girl. To kind of balance things out. He got two boys that he could just be crazy with. And God has given us these children for us to sacrifice. There's a lot of things. Mark and Leslie are both talented people. They can do a whole lot with their lives and a whole lot with their talents. But I believe they've made sacrifices for their kids. Because that's what God would do for us. You know, we have great examples of this in church. And I think about, you know, Steve Edwards and how he shows up every week. Every Saturday at the gym down the street, we open up for uh, recreational basketball, and he's there every Saturday with his son. It's a sacrifice. I believe he he works hard. He's a hard worker. And every Saturday, I believe he he can sleep in. He can pull the dad card, hey, I worked hard, I'm sleeping in. But he's there at the gym with his son, and his son loves basketball. And I believe a big part of that is because his dad was there with him we make sacrifices and guys I want to encourage you dads your sacrifices are not in vain they're not in vain you see God not only gives to us through our earthly fathers but he also gives to those without dads in Psalm 68 verse 5 a father to the fatherless a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling he's always available and a father who always gives he's always there for his son and lastly a father has expectations for his children. John 3.16 is God's plan for salvation. It shows us what God has done for us. He gave his son so that we can be saved. And it shows by what he expects from us, those who believe in him. God expects us to believe in him. He expects us to, to play a role in our salvation. He expects us to believe in what he said he could do, in his promises. Now, he doesn't expect us to give more than we can or to do more than what's expected, but God does expect us to do what he's called us to do. And I think having expectations plays a great role in our lives, especially if we're to be the people that we want to be. If we're ever to reach our full potential, someone has to expect us To take it higher. Someone has to call us higher. And that's dads. You know, when I go to my son's track meets and his basketball games and his soccer games, there are a line of dads go, son, you can do it, run harder. Because otherwise, our kids could give it to their nature. When they feel that pain, they don't want to push past the pain because it hurts. No, you can give a little bit more. Last week, my son, I was so proud of him. He was running. And they had these kids running. I mean, he's running his little heart out. He's like, my legs hurt, and he comes over to me, buries his head in my chest, and he starts crying, and he said, and then I hear the coach say, okay, guys, one more. He's said, I want to go home. I want to go home. And I said, son, you got to give me one more. I know you got one more, and you got one more race in you. And he said, I want to go home. I want to go home. I said, look, if you, give, if you give me one more, we'll go to Carvel's. thought? I was the father of Hussein Bolt. I didn't expect him to quit. And Carvel helped a little bit. But he did it. He pushed through the pain. He pushed through the pain and we went to Carvel's afterwards. You know, God God doesn't just give us things to do without giving us a reward. God blesses our obedience. And sometimes it's not in, in material ways. Sometimes it's character. Sometimes it's in peace of mind. Sometimes it's in, a, in, a, in a, a, a more compassionate heart. But God always rewards our obedience. And he always expects us to be our best. Now, we don't have the ability to be perfect. We don't have the capability to pay for the price of our own sins. But we do have the capacity to believe. And this is what God expects from us. A good father has certain expectations for his children, certain requirements that must be met. And I believe a father's responsibility is to create a culture of faith for his children. In the movie Little Boy, We see a dad creating an expectation of faith in his son. The story really starts the day I met my dad. My only friend. My partner. He's a boy. Wow. He's so... What little? Well, he'll grow. Right? Partners. (laughs) partners <laughs> I wanted to be just like him and do everything he did And everything we did became a great adventure. very proud of you partner. you handled the pain like a true hero. actually you remind me of another hero. Ben Eagle, the magician. Eagle. And Ben Eagle said to his sidekick, Do you believe you can do this? Do you believe you can do this? That became our motto. Do you believe we can do this? Yes, I believe we can do this! Let's go, partner. <laughs> do this. Yes, I believe I can do this. Yes, there's no police. Partner, do you believe we can do this? Yes partner. Do you believe we could do this? You know, I imagine God said this to His Son Jesus before sending him to Earth to die for our sins. Me was show them how to live. Do you believe we can do this? Yes, I believe we can do this. We must build a community of believers that will make other believers, that will make other believers. Do you believe we can do this? Yes, I believe we can do this. We must give them principles to follow and train them in righteousness. Do you believe we can do this? Yes, I believe we can do this. We must reconcile them to ourselves. Wipe away the sin that separates us. Do you believe we can do this? And Jesus replies, yes, I believe we can do this. Because the Father believes. The son believes. And a father creates a culture of faith for his children. It's the father's responsibility to lead by example. A father's soul is do as I do and do as I say. And finally, when Jesus says, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, that's God's vision for us. A father will always have vision for his children. And God's vision for us is to be with him forever. Christianity is not about a man finding his way to God. It's about God reaching out to us through his son. God had a vision for every single one of us. In conclusion, as we prepare to take our communion, the soul of a dad is one who loves his children, one who gives to his children and has expectations for his children. You know, God gives us the blueprint for fatherhood because he is the perfect father. He loves us, he gives to us, and he expects us to believe in him as he prepares us for the future. These are things I believe as dads we can be for our kids. So as, as we make our trip to the restaurants in preparation to sit down and enjoy our porterhouse or New York strip or whatever kind of meat you like, whatever is prepared for you today, don't forget to love your children. Don't forget to lead by example. Don't forget to impart a vision in their lives. God loves you. God will always help you. God will always want us to experience fulfillment in his life and for all eternity. So as we take communion together, let's reflect on the perfect father and the love that he has shown us through his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our great and awesome father in heaven, Lord, we thank you truly for loving us and for initiating this loving relationship father we do pray that you will forgive us our sins and help us to draw closer to you through your son jesus christ and i pray that as we take this communion god as we take the bread that represents his body and the juice that represents the blood i pray father that you will uh continue this relationship with us and draw us closer to you and for those of us who are fathers in the room today god i pray that you will help us to imitate you to be a good father like you are Uh, To us. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.